Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Listening to Sam in the Morning, only on LA Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Sam in the Morning with Cherie. Uh, it's official. Hi, Cherie. Hello. You see, just to prove you she's here, she's definitely part of the show. Tomorrow we'll have the new intro for you. But, it's going to be uh, amazing. You're definitely part of the show. And today is <laughs> the first official day, let's say, right? Yes, it's official. So today it's official. And, uh, and yes, you're staying. And I I'm am. very happy and I'm grateful to you. Thank you very much for joining the ride. I mean, we're going places, you know? Yes. And that's the thing. People that have joined us early on or along the ride in the past eight years, uh, they're going with us, you know? It's sort of like a train that's going places and uh, people hop on and off all the time, you know? Yeah. So uh, you stick around and uh, you're going to uh, you're gonna achieve big things with the station. Okay. I'm holding no, you up to that. No bullshit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you don't hold me up to it uh, a year later, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So how you doing, Cherie? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? Good, good. In a few minutes, we have a guest sitting here uh, who we've had on the show before, but I enjoy talking to very much. Very intelligent man, very nice, personable man, too, and successful. So uh, so he's going to join us in a few minutes. But uh, you promised us on Friday you'd have a, a nice, interesting weekend to tell us about. Do you want to? I promise a lot. Yeah, um, I know. I the and then you no. come here on Monday and you plead the fifth. <laughs> I don't understand. This is the second Monday in a row. Okay, so let me let me start the conversation. Okay, I, right. I go on on um, I go on Facebook and we just Oopsie. connected on Facebook finally, and I'm seeing these pictures with you looking so beautiful and glamorous in each picture. Thank you more than the one before. And the amazing thing is you're surrounded by beautiful yet more beautiful women and i've yet to see one that doesn't look uh, symmetrical in the pictures i mean <laughs> does it look symmetrical i don't know i don't know exactly how i should take that <laughs> the, they say that beautiful people usually have a symmetrical face right so that's why i said it you know oh, okay but no but the, the point is is that you obviously surround yourself with uh uh, other beautiful people so it makes life a little more beautiful I would imagine well it depends to be honest with you mm-hmm. um, the, the, yeah I have a lot of friends um, a lot of them were not there my close friends were really not there um, but those are a lot of my acquaintances what I call my um party friends Um, okay (laughs) you know those are the people that if there's you know if there's always a party to go to you call them up they're there but i've been knowing them for for quite some time Uh uh-huh um so is that your party no no no. it was a friend's oh i see a friend's house party i guess he's getting a new house and that was his like going away you know oh nice bye-bye to his old house which was fabulous (laughs) always a reason for a party who cares right yeah yeah (laughs) reason to sit around and drink yeah yeah i know yeah good time I, I was like oh I'm, I'm just gonna go for like an hour i'm just gonna be nice and you know show yeah. up and that didn't happen i didn't stayed a happen, lot longer huh? than an hour <laughs> 
well, it's time. very good. Well, uh, the the party seemed uh, to be kind to you, and so did the camera. So oh, well, thank there you, you go. So I was hoping to get a little more out of you, but I well, guess I I'm not going to. I don't put like I said the pictures that there are other pictures that you just. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> no one needs to see. So, but what does that mean, though? I mean, what you guys like get wild and stuff, or what? Oh, no, I mean, you don't have to we, get specific. We, we sit in circles and we um we pray and we read books. That's what we do. No, that's not what you do. Come <laughs> on. Joking. Yeah, no, these look like partiers to me. We, Are you, you out know, of your mind? I mean, no, we just we have fun, we drink, you okay, know, we cool. talk and, you know. Awesome. Awesome. That well, that's all stuff. we need to know. For right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need to let them warm up with me, yeah, gradually right. build up. Okay, but so is your page uh public or is it uh only for certain people, only for friends? Um, some most of it's public, but like I'll hide things on timelines for just like the friends, or I'll put things for only friends that. Okay, but people, if they if we have listeners that want to see you at the party, can they see you or do they? Oh, have they to can find totally you? see me. Okay, yes. awesome. So you guys should go and find Cherie Thibodeau on Facebook. Pl- uh, spell the name for everybody. Okay, it's Cherie Thibodeau. Oh, Thibodeau. Why am I saying Thibodeau? You <laughs> because see, everybody says it like that. Yeah. Well, know. so I I mean I shouldn't be presumptuous presumptuous here and let you actually say it. But I never heard you pronounce it before. Go ahead. No, because it's 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 French, so it's, it doesn't. Um, it's spelled the th doesn't. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't sound like ours. Okay. It's um, Cherie Thibodeau, C H E R I E, and Thibodeau is T H I B O D E A U X. Yes, right there. Yeah, down. <laughs> there you go. Guest is writing it down yes. already. And yeah. yes, pretty much is public, so you can see all of my adventures and shenanigans and wild times. Awesome. So you see, times. you can get to see the face behind the voice. And then you get to listen to the show and, and get to hear the voice, too. So you get the entire Cherie here. Yes. And we're going to leave you some private stuff. We understand. People, everybody has their private stuff. The skeletons in their out, closet. Though. It comes out. <laughs> Give me another uh, day or two. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. I went to a... Um, over the weekend, I was invited to a... a um, like a... The medical marijuana industry gathering kind of thing, right? right. And the reason I was is because I had somebody from uh, the industry on the show um, uh, some time ago. And they invited me to come there. But I didn't know if this was going to be like a, like a million people there, you know, coming to just smoke cannabis or what it was going to be, you know, right. a private thing. Because I knew it was like a venue downtown or something. But I thought there's no way like the whole – because if this is like open to the public, right? you get like the cannabis cup, which I went to. I couldn't even get close to it. It was so bad. But uh, but the thing is, is that, uh, so we got there. I took a friend with me. We went there. And uh, it was a nice, intimate thing, about 200 people. Oh, um, right. There were food trucks outside, <laughs> drinks inside. Uh, you made sort of a, a donation for a foundation that uh, promotes, you know, the medicinal use and stuff. Right. And uh, so it was really cool. I mean, nobody really smoke there or anything nobody got high i mean it was more like they give you some edible goodies yeah, and stuff yeah i mean they give you like a goodie bag because you pay like That's 50 sweet. 100 bucks a to get in bag. yeah yeah <laughs> a real goodie bag i know our guest is like turning in his seat here because you know what we shouldn't <laughs> even say who hilarious. he is you know what you know we're not gonna publicize who he is because we totally ruined the show for him i mean if he's gonna <laughs> 
<laughs> because let me tell you, it's just the, the background is not going to fit in. He's not going to tell his people to come and listen to this. But uh, but at the same time, I got to tell you, it's my show and I have to talk about it. Yes, okay? you have to. So I'm going to continue because for the first few minutes, I'm hesitating. I'm going, I'm going to ruin his show for him. But you know what? We'll just keep it quiet so nobody knows <laughs> who he is. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. You know, you never know what happens when you go on live radio on my show, you know. But like we never that. trap people. So yeah. we'll, we'll only use his initial and then we'll see how much he's willing to give away. But the point is, is that I am talking about ma- marijuana and mm-hmm. um, these people were, uh, you know, just promoting the... Uh, the compassionate use of cannabis for people that need it, like sick people and stuff. And, you know, the thing is, is a lot of people said it's bullshit and stuff. What I can tell you is this. I know a lot of people that go to dispensaries are probably just, they use it for recreational use. But you know what? Even that, it's like rather than meet your dealer uh, in the back alley or something, you know? I mean, because I used to smoke marijuana when I was like, uh, you know, blue collar, collar and everything. Yeah. You don't want to be- behave like a criminal just to you enjoy a like plant, a- you know? <laughs> that just so, sounds funny. It does, but that's exactly what it is, Shuri. That's behave what like I mean. It's ridiculous. But that's but how I true. always used to feel, you know? You find a dealer and he gives you, uh, you know, you, you don't know what you're getting and you're paying a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and you, you take know a risk. getting with, with this. Yeah, you know, and then you drive home. If you get pulled over, forget about it. You go to jail. Yeah. So that's that's that was the reality 15 years ago. But things have changed and the thing is is that look there's a big argument for and against marijuana and stuff but uh all I can tell you is that there are people that it does help right. and uh actually Dr. Sanjay Gupta uh from CNN came out did a couple shows on uh the fact that he actually apologized and reversed his views. Yeah, you know, that was crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, but you know, just like anything else, uh, it can be addictive, mm-hmm. right? And people have to be careful. But uh, they say that uh, prescribed medication is probably more dangerous for you than that. Yeah, you know. They do and say the that. nice thing about it too, Cherie, it's like when the the thing, the main thing I took away from there is. To consume it, it th- you don't have to act like a drug user. You know, right. you don't have that's to sit the, and smoke a joint. That's the and, misconception with people that are right. So I mean, they have oils, it. they have ointments, they have right. pills. You know, they have uh, edibles, they have anything. You're not even aware that you're consuming it, and then you know whatever it does. You know, but so. It's more elegant today. Right. All right. As I'm talking about this, I keep thinking of like the the flip side of this. This is amazing. That you would talk about. And also, okay, like, well, I'm going to bring in our guest and let's see what <laughs> what he says about all this. Because <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. Well, we have a guest. His uh, first initial is M. And <laughs> M. Tells, it's okay? Okay, it's okay. It welcome to the show. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Of and course. Matt. And look, I, I, I just will say that Matt is in the business of getting people off addictions. Yeah. And if he asked... Uh, his people to listen to the show where he's a guest today, uh, they might t- might say I'm romancing the drug or whatever. I don't know, but the thing is, these are like terms for, for addictions yeah. and stuff. But uh, uh, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, we can't just think of 
the people that you are going to refer to the show, we want to have a cool show. And I think this is going to be like, uh, actually, it's a good thing because you can give us a little bit from the other side of people that would uh, get into marijuana and maybe get addicted and stuff. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think that there's two sides of the coin. But I also think that, you know, we're going to see a lot of research come out in the next few years. It'll open up our eyes to uh, what's truth and what's fiction. But I, I definitely agree with what you said earlier that, um, you know, a lot of the pharmaceutical drugs drugs is what we're seeing a lot more of yeah. um, in the rehabilitation centers. Um, and as we know, uh, drug overdoses, you know, with the uh, the opiate epidemic is really wow. um, coming into light. Yeah. And drug overdoses are um, outnumbering car accident fatalities now as the number one leader are you in, the really? in the United States. Yeah. Right. Now, those wow. are uh, legal and illegal drugs together, right? Yeah. And yeah because painkillers oh are like legal, but yet people abuse them. And there's doctors that actually like just dispense and sell them to people, right? You know? And then there's people who like doctor shop and yeah, right. doctor shop exactly. Yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, look wow. at the Prince situation and was um, that is that what happened there? Well, so so far what we know is you know he he landed on a plane and had a Narcan shot, um, and we can get into Narcan and all that later. Yeah. But um, okay. to me, that's where the you know the the future of of prevention and you know and stuff like that goes through but yeah they're saying that he had a uh, percocet addiction oh wow unfortunately um you know to treat his chronic pain and uh, we don't know the actual the autopsy hasn't come out yet but yeah uh, it sounds like it's probably a combination of that and other stuff yeah yeah i mean i i i can tell how um you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got my own thing that I do, my own poison. But I remember when I've taken pain pills before and stuff, you can see how people can get addicted on it. You know, it gives right. you like kind of a peaceful, calm feeling right. and stuff. And you're going, wow, you know, I like this. And, and after all, this is medication that I got from a legitimate place, right? Yeah. Matt? Yeah. And, and the, the scary part is, you know, uh, the way the opiates work is they stop, you know, they don't work after a while. After you, a while. You habituate to it. So you start taking so you more, more and more. more. Yeah. Right. I think every drug is like that, wouldn't you say? I mean, alcohol and, and I know marijuana is like that. Uh, probably cocaine. I think you grow tolerance to it. Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. the problem really is your respiration. And so these people end up having, you know, their hearts can't handle it and wow. mixing different drugs. And uh, it's it's a it's a dangerous world. But like you said, yeah, the, the medical doctors are the ones prescribing it and uh, supported by the pharmaceuticals and it's dangerous yeah yeah and that's and that's the thing I always think it's like such a sneaky addiction because again you're not thinking hey I'm a drug addict you're not thinking of picking up marijuana or or cocaine or something Uh, this is something that just happens to you after you've been on it for a while and the sad and scary part is after you take it for a certain period of time let's say three weeks your body becomes addicted and so you have withdrawal three weeks only yeah and so and so a lot of people, like you're saying, take a couple a night for pain, whatever, and then the minute they stop, they go through the, these intense withdrawals. Withdrawals, huh? So most people are just taking it not to withdraw. Yeah, when withdrawals wow. from that. The withdrawals are, are horrible. It's the same. All the opiates basically have a similar withdrawal. So uh, everything from sweating to um, you can't sleep, you've got diarrhea, uh, you're crawling out of your skin. If you've ever seen train spotting. Um, when they have those kind of heroin withdrawals. Yeah. And so it's basically depending on how long acting the opiate is in your system. So heroin short acting. So the withdrawals are, uh, they say three to five days, but there's post-acute withdrawals. Um, the longer lasting ones are the ones that they're prescribing to people. So like the Oxycontins, um, now they're even prescribing, um, you know, some partial antagonists like Suboxone that are longer lasting that take literally months to, you're having withdrawal symptoms for months and months and months. Right. And people can't sleep. I mean, I, you know, I mentioned the diarrhea, the, uh, you know, your blood pressure. 
pressure goes up. It's it's pretty nasty stuff. Wow, wow. That's so scary. Now, the reason this person knows a lot, folks, his name is Matt, uh, Matt Polachek, and you're with uh, with a known organization. What is the name of it? Uh, I'm at the Outpatient Center, the Betty Ford Center here in Los Angeles. And and I think most everybody has heard of the Betty Ford uh, uh, Center. Uh, I think people have known really that it's a, it's a high. Uh, like high class type of a place, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. expensive. Uh, it was it was really marketed towards uh, celebrities and things like that right. before, you know. But now you're here to say that you're available for anyone who's got an addiction. Yeah, we've really uh, we've you know we partnered with Hazelson, and now we're the largest nonprofit um, uh, treatment center in the United States. And what we've oh in the states, not in the, just in, in no, the just west, in the wow. United States, That's so great. Wow. And we have an outpatient center here in LA, and, and like you were saying, Sam, um, we we've become in network with most major insurance companies, mm. and so people. People now, instead of having to pay tons of money, um, can u- utilize their insurance. Also, being in L.A. Um, versus you know having these random places all across the country, people can do outpatient therapy, too, as well as residential. And so people who work during the day can come and receive treatment at night. So what we've really done is brought the treatment to the community. To the community, rather That's than so go great. out to like Palm Desert, wherever it is, right? Uh, the, the main one. And... Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, just imagine, you know, this is like the Rolls Royce of, of rehab, okay? So the thing is, is that obviously rehab does not, uh, should not be like something that you go out and, and enjoy or something. It's more to work on yourself. But at the same time, you, uh, you know, you want it to be pleasant. You don't right. want it to be just a, a hole in the wall or something, you know? Because when, you, when you're going through re- rehab, you want a nice, clean, calm, serene environment. Right, man? Yeah, and I think the, the key really is is trying to reach more people. I mean, so mm-hmm. few people get treatment for addiction. And so the more quality treatment that's out there and the better Price and being able to utilize insurance makes all the difference because most people um, traditionally, you know, it's there was a shame around it or secrecy around it. And now with education and understanding, um, you know, addiction as a chronic brain disease and destigmatizing it, um, hopefully more people can get treatment too. Yeah, 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 obviously. Now, how long have you been in the industry? I mean, obviously, you know a lot. Uh, you know, probably everything there's to know. How it's, long have you been doing this now? It's it's evolving the industry, but um, about twenty years actually. Oh. Really? Really? Wow. Yeah, I got my uh, PsyD, my doctorate, about you know 18 years ago, and started mm-hmm. in private practice. And I realized uh, with addiction that with in private practice setting, um, you get someone once a week, um, and I think they can lie to you, they can make up stuff, um, and right. so it's really hard uh, to treat addiction in a one-on-one, out, you know, once a week setting. Really? So you need a group? Yeah. The, sort there's of something thing? about the groups, you know, right? and I'd yeah. love to see. Uh, you know, someone find out really what the core element of the group is. But there's something about being among people that have similar experiences, even if they're from a different place in life. Right. Um, the group setting really does, you know, along with other treatment. But there's something about the group that's more special to me yeah. uh, than the individual therapy. No, they I don't think. feel so alone and they feel like they have a little bit more courage, I think, to, to speak up. And you, you don't feel so isolated, which is probably one of the things that may lead to addiction yeah and the shame shame. yeah and the isolation you're right you know and the thing is i think with groups it's like you feel you want to share you know with i think with the one-on-one therapist you're more like you're not sharing it's like uh it's a different dynamic right it's a therapist and a patient we're in a group it's sort of like hey we're all in this together yeah And and the scary thing about you know therapists are all trained differently and so when people have a problem like let's say with addiction you know you look up a local therapist and you're assuming that they're well versed on 
on addiction. But really, um, there's addiction specialists out there. There's addiction medical specialists, psychologists, therapists, addiction counselors, sober coaches. And so when you go to a regular therapist and you start talking about addiction, there's a good chance that they're not going to know how to properly assess it and really realize what level of care you need. Mm. There you go. So, like, if you, I'm just curious, I always wonder about this. Like, if a person is addicted to, to pills or something like that, and, and they you get them off, can they still, like, drink? Or how does that work? Or do you have to be completely sober? So, you know, the abstinence model really okay. um, is empirically the best model. And so what we've done um, at the Hazel and Betty Ford Center is um, our goal is to really give people the tools, but also connect them to other people in the recovery community. And so that's why places like AA are so important. So you're changing your lifestyle and you're, you're managing it like a chronic disease. So if you look, the best comparison is diabetes. So if you look at diabetes and someone who has diabetes, you know, they're not, their whole life isn't diabetes, but they do need to check daily their blood sugar levels. Um, they do need to be aware of, of triggers and stuff like that, like diet and whatnot. And so the idea really is, is you're managing a disease throughout your life with the support of a community. Mm-hmm. Um, so the key really is, is, is connecting people to, um, and being at Hazelden Betty Ford, we've got the biggest alumni community in the, in the world. And so let's say a patient comes in and um, they're a musician and they're traveling. Right. Um, before they go on their trip, we'll connect them with other alumni members wherever they're traveling. And so oh, they can great. go to meetings, they have friends, they can go out for a co- cup of coffee. But the, the key really is it's changing your lifestyle, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. essentially it, because you've developed a lifestyle that's unhealthy. You probably like you know sneaking around or what revolves around yeah whatever kind of addiction you have uh you're not uh you're probably doing it alone yeah right and uh yeah so you need to probably no obviously like like my mom right now and this is not with addiction but uh she she fell and broke her uh her hip and they had to do surgery now they're doing physical therapy but they also call that rehab because and we just put her in a place like that because they have to teach her again how to walk and how to live and everything and i and i thought my bottom line on this is her life has become getting up in the morning going having a coffee lighting up a cigarette going back to bed doing this getting up cooking a little bit going back to bed that's not a lifestyle right. granted she can't move a lot because even before she fell she's had like back pain for many years so uh so i can understand but at the same time you realize you have to move around all the time so what i'm saying is i hope she changes her lifestyle and this will turn out for the best you know so when you say change a lifestyle it's it's profound right you know i mean imagine getting up in the morning and starting doing things differently from how you always do them it's hard it is hard to break that habit too. yeah if you're so used to to living yeah, a certain way even you. if it's unhealthy it's just what you're used to and you're comfortable yeah. so that's hard for people and i think it's safe to assume that it wasn't working that lifestyle right, before exactly. right exactly <laughs> you know i know this is and this irritates me because you know you want to help people i have someone that i've uh, offered to help with the business and everything right and you offer to help and everything and they don't they're like they keep doing things their own way you know i mean take some advice from people right yeah so i just say the hell with it you know yeah, yeah. keep your I mind open yeah but at any rate i digress sometimes but that's the show you know that's how my mind works yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um 
So have you known you've always wanted to get involved with this? Yeah, you know, um, my family was in the jewelry business, and so they always sold stuff. Uh-huh. And I always felt, you know, when I it always felt weird to me selling a product. So I was thinking in, when I was in my teens, you know, how can I can I earn a living but also help people? And so um, I wasn't great at chemistry, so getting a medical degree wasn't <laughs> happening. <laughs> I so I uh, yeah. it's hard, and I didn't want to get a job yeah. right out of college, so I went to grad school right away. Um, and yeah. uh, ever since, I you know, there's nothing better than helping people and you know being that's a, true right yeah you get a lot of satisfaction from that and and it's a it's a nice thing you're very fortunate to work with a very reputable organization it's it's an incredible company um and the the work we're doing you know we're really on the cutting edge of all the um the treatment and so right now our focus really is on the opiates um and we're, we're launching a new program next month that we, uh, we can talk about later but basically uh we're, you know getting to work for the best is it's always good yeah yeah, yeah. and in LA <laughs> awesome. Well, for those of you just joining us, and we actually didn't say that you're part of the show that comes on right after us here. Uh, it's called Answers for the Family with Alan Cardoza and Matt, um, Matt Polachek and... Uh, the uh, yeah answers for the family. Uh, tell us a little bit about the show. You joined it uh, not too long ago, and now you're a regular co-host on the show. Yeah, Alan and I met uh, a long time ago, and we've worked together for many years. Oh, um, really? So I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought yeah. you met recently. Okay, go on. Yeah. Wow. So uh, basically, the way we met is I was working. Uh, I was the director of mental health for a, uh, in a great company called Center for Discovery uh-huh. um, that does eating disorders, mental health, adult uh, and adolescent, um, and also addiction. Uh, at any rate, and so Alan's company was instrumental in transporting because he you know he runs west shield adolescent right and so you get and these tell us what that is yeah because yeah. uh sure doesn't know and the so what happens is you let's say you've got a 15 year old son that has a drug and alcohol problem that you want to send him to rehab for let's okay. say um chances are getting him in the car and say i'm driving you to rehab is not going to happen yeah um it's not safe he could jump out run away yada 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 so what alan's company specializes in is going into the home and communicating with these kids um sitting them down, talking with them, and getting them to commit to going to the rehab or the treatment center. Wow. Right. How, how smart is that, so, right? Not Rather like an intervention, them. though, like, or is it an It is. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a big portion of it. Um, traditionally, these, this, these types of companies uh, were, they came out with this, this word called ninja, where they come in the middle of the night and they take your kid and they, they wow, ship them off. Wow, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> wow, that's like, but yeah, that's it's pretty traumatic. And so what Alan realized, I think, you know, through his days of, you know, he was in like, uh, uh, before he would do the yeah they would retrieve children that were kidnapped or you know taken to other countries by their wow. parents their other parents and things like that people would hire them and rather than you know try to uh, to take it into court and, and go with, through governments and all that stuff they just go they send Alan and they bring the kids back it's amazing wow. human trafficking yeah. stuff like that's that just, yeah. Crazy. yeah wow and so yeah, what they what really they've learned is they can sit these kids down and say you know where are you at in your life what's going on you know this is an opportunity versus a you have to that's right. true right they that make them realize difference. your life is not working out for you yeah exactly wow. and so they they they've you know he's he trains uh, the people he works with and they're incredible 
people. And so, you know, I think it was six or seven years ago we started working together. Uh, and then we did a lot of Dr. Phil shows together. Really? Yeah. Oh, and wow, then um, cool. he uh, asked me to be a guest on the show. And uh, Answers for the Family is great. It's a program where parents or professionals or adults or anyone can listen and get advice. Um, today we've got a person coming on discussing emotional clutter. Uh, next week we've got uh, Zimbardo who did the famous Stanford prison experiment, which is fascinating. Wow. Um, so it's a great show. and uh, Really cool. If you have a family, definitely listen. And even if you don't, you know, I mean, everybody has a family, but if you don't have kids and, so, and stuff, you guys uh, cover such a myriad uh, uh, you know, spectrum of of, uh, of guests and stuff that and topics that uh, I've always enjoyed it. And Alan's been with us for like seven years, you know. So it's not like he just started the show. And after seven years, there's still a lot to talk about. Yeah, you know, there's always Amazing. something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we are talking about addictions and recovery and so forth, and I know uh, that probably, I mean, just by by statistics, many of our listeners probably have these problems and stuff. Uh, Matt, how can people uh, reach out to you guys? Yeah, we um, there's a few ways. Uh, you can obviously go to our website at hazeltonbettyford.org, H-A-Z-E-L-D-E-N-B-E-T-T-Y-F-O-R-D. Um, we've got an 800 number at 866-831-5700, or you can call me directly at my office in West L.A. at 310-307-7055. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, so the website is hazeldenbetty4.org, and you guys can go there and find all the information. The most amazing thing, and I think this is revolutionary, is the fact you get to go to the largest uh, rehab place, treatment center, that's how they call it, uh, and uh, and actually not have to pay a lot for it. And it's affordable for everyone. If you have insurance, your insurance will take care of it. And uh, you might as well go with the best. Right. You know. And, and I came to visit you guys. Uh, you were here with your colleague, and I came to visit. You guys invited us there. And it's an amazing place. You know, it's in West L.A., right? And is that what they call it there, West L.A.? Yeah, West LA. LA. Yeah, where you guys are. Uh, beautiful building, beautiful inside as well. They have, like, uh, privacy, uh, confidentiality, and so forth. So you you don't have to feel like you're going to a, uh, uh, yeah, to a place that was mandated by the court or something, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. But do you guys get people? that are reluctant to go there and the court sends them there or I would imagine the court won't go with the with a Betty Ford, yeah, maybe? you know, normally most people coming in um, are pretty motivated for treatment. Some are not, right. and then what we have again specialists that talk with the family and the individual to try to get them to realize that there is an issue. Um, yeah. And so um, it really depends on everyone's different, and addiction doesn't discriminate. So, right. um, you know, we've got people that come in. We a lot of people that come in are professionals, so we work with a lot of the diversion boards. Right. So doctors, lawyers, pilots. Um, you'd be surprised at uh, how addiction, you know, really affects everyone. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I, I don't know the science behind it, but do you feel like it's um, it's hereditary or if it's um, environmental or how, how do people usually become addicted or yeah. is it just... It's, something else it, it, there's a huge genetic link um, where you know we see it all the time also the interesting thing again similar to diabetes is 
it could have a very short onset or a very long onset. So you could start using drugs and alcohol at 16 and be addicted right away, or it could take a few years, uh, a life stress event or something like that. So um, it really depends on the genetics, the person, again, the situation. Um, and then also I think there's a big difference between different drugs or, you know, become more addicting quicker than others. So right. Wow, wow. You see, there's a lot to know about this, and, and that's why I think the first thing uh, that I've uh, taken away so far from having talked to you before and, re- and read about this is that you first have to be open to the fact that you may have a problem, right? Mm-hmm. You can't like totally shut yourself off and yet at the same time, many addicts are exactly that. They shut themselves in and they don't let people through so they don't listen to what people tell them, you know? Right. And so what are some of the... Um, look, I, I, uh, I've used uh, marijuana since I was 18 years old. Uh, uh, I've taken a break a couple times mm-hmm. for a few years, but when I had kids and stuff, you know, and all that, so uh, years before that and after that. But then I went back to it because I realized, you know what, it makes me a calmer person. Right. Uh, I was diagnosed later in life with bipolar disorder. And I realized that I was self-medicating. That's essentially what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But it, after a while, it doesn't work, Matt, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the, the, the feeling that the, the drug is euphoric and makes you feel better, that goes away, and then you just need it. Yeah, I mean, we look at it, let's be frank, there's two reasons people use drugs. One is to feel high, and the second is to self-medicate, like you said. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the biggest, the scariest issue, like you're saying, is even if we get a small period of time where it, it appears like it's working, right. um, eventually... You know, it, like we said, it habituates. Right. Um, that's the scary thing, like, not to go back to the opiates, but, you know, after a while, they stop even working for the pain reduction. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. And so, wow. so, so you like need more and more. More and more. And then even scary. then it stops. You still have the chronic pain, you know. So yeah. now I'm taking a bunch of Vicodin each day and I'm still in pain. Um, uh, you know, what's what was the purpose? The, what was that reason two years ago or three years ago that exactly. I started? Exactly. Yeah. I have a question and I'm pretty open about this. I have, I have horrible insomnia <laughs> and I take things to sleep. Now, now I'm worried because I hear bad things about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, where do you see a lot of addiction in that area with people? You know, there's there's a ton of research now on sleep and getting to sleep, and a lot of it has to do. There's there's a lot of tricks. Okay. Um, and so some of the tricks, you know, they say you should never watch TV in bed. Bed should be for two things, sleeping, and I won't say the other thing. Right. Um, <laughs> Gee, we have to figure that <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll take five minutes to figure it out, yeah, yeah. take a break, and I come back. This is going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> but really, you know, and there's, there's, there's all these different rituals people do before they go to bed. They take a nice bath. They read a book. They do different things. And so uh, we call it sleep hygiene. Okay. And so basically what we've learned is, again, similar to uh, what you were saying about taking it at first it works and it doesn't work. You know, a lot of the sleep medications work at first and then they end up not working. So really, yeah. it's a lifestyle change right. again. It is. It is. Yeah. And, uh, and so so, just, oh, go ahead. I'm yeah. No, no, no. That's fine. Uh, but you didn't tell us what, what kind of drugs you're talking about, like Ambien? Oh, yeah. Things like uh-huh. that? Okay. But Ambien, sometimes I take it, it doesn't even work. Yeah, but right. But I've been taking that for a long time. Yeah. 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 So, well, uh, yeah. You see, I have no sleep uh, problem at all because I use uh, cannabis yeah. so that eventually will put you to sleep but I, I gotta tell problems. you it's me. called a two year old yeah oh, right oh, there you go <laughs> I know exactly what you mean and no drug will fix that one right it'll still, still wake you up right oh she uh, we're talking to Matt of course from the Betty Ford Center uh, check it out Hazel, it, it's called Hazelden because uh, you guys merged for this uh, new uh, new part of the Betty Ford program called Hazelden 
uh, Betty Ford Foundation. And you guys can go to hazeldonbettyford.org and find out everything about it. And if you didn't hear this before, the breaking, the, 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 what am I trying to say? Whatever. Uh, the, the innovative thing, I think, about this, okay, <laughs> is that now uh, they've managed to have all insurance companies, or most probably insurance mm-hmm. companies, covering the program. So if you want to go with the best, if you want to go with the biggest, with one that you've heard, forget about all the other ones. This is the one to go. I'm telling you, I went and looked at the facility, and it's amazing. And if I had to go, which takes us back to my use of marijuana, uh, so let me ask you this, because uh, so I'm just trying to describe uh, what I've gone through in my life because I want to know how you guys would view someone like me if I came to you. So, uh, okay, so I've used marijuana, like I said, I've taken breaks over the years and stuff, but but I went back to it and and I finally resolved now that it's a little more acceptable. uh, I, uh, I I don't feel like a criminal anymore. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing uh, as far as society goes, but for me, it feels better not to seem like a criminal to be able to just smoke something, you know? So uh, so my question to you is, uh, okay, like as you see, I'm totally functional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to, I mean, uh, in fact, I started smoking about a year uh, or smoking again a year before I started the station. So that would have been nine years ago now. So, uh, but so throughout the whole time, I've built a business, it's grown, it's succeeded and everything, you know, so, uh, so you can't really say it's affected my life. Uh, in one, well, in let's say professional life, I can tell you that during that period, uh, I did get divorced, but, and there were some issues about me smoking and stuff like that, as mm-hmm. you might imagine, with everybody using drugs and stuff, but but when I look back, and not even look back during that time, I knew the issue was not that. The issue was not that, you know, because, excuse me, I would, uh, there were deeper things in there. So, uh, but, but nevertheless, I bring it up because it did happen, and maybe I failed in a relationship for a second time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the first time I was, not, the first marriage I was not, uh, using marijuana for the entire duration, so I don't think it was that either. You know what I'm saying? But I kind of want to give you a little picture of where I've been. And uh, so to this day, and now I discovered edibles, so I don't have to like smoke. I don't have to come in smelling like anything. Yeah, I don't have to go through smoking. the ritual of sitting there for half an hour and enjoying the joint, although I do do it. But throughout the day, I can just eat something and I'm feeling calm. And I got to tell you, it really helps me because uh, sometimes when, when I'm like if I go a few hours and I'm not high or something and uh, or I wouldn't even call it high just like say haven't smoked okay because I never feel high I just feel sometimes I wish I did but mm. you don't get that feeling anymore after so many years you know so it's just sort of like you're just maintaining so you as opposed to getting high just exactly it gives, yeah it gives me a good it puts me in a better mood let's put it that way right. I'm more relaxed you know so like when I'm driving I'm like a lot calmer I don't get like upset and stuff I mean this morning I had to drive here from Woodland Hills I can't tell you how irritating that thing is mm-hmm. you know you sit in traffic for 45 minutes to, to drive what takes you 15 minutes to usually yeah, to go without traffic time, yeah and the reason I've been doing this is because I had to spend the night with my dad because he's alone with my mom in the hospital so uh 
I've had to drive there every day once, twice, a round trip, and I'm going crazy. So, uh, so, but I know, but it's in the morning and stuff. I don't want to smoke anything. I don't want to get high yet. And I've got, you know, so uh, just because you want to clear your head a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, it helps me sleep uh, too. I mean, I, it's like I never have the issue of not being able to fall asleep. Now, I can tell you when I've taken trips outside of the country where I couldn't smoke, uh, I would uh, I would have hard times falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and uh, so I mean, I put the uh, the entire spotlight on me. I just realized for the past ten minutes. Let me, let me just finish this. My point. My point is, so I'm functional. I'm functioning, uh, but and, and so you'll ask me uh, probably. Well, does it uh, adversely affect your life? Right. I mean, because that's what addiction does. Uh, it, yeah. it interferes with a lot of things you do. It creates problems with family, with coworkers. You don't go into work, uh, things like that, right? For me, the problems is I spend a lot of money on anything. I mean, my judgment is like, oh, what the hell? I'll buy, I'll buy this, and that's one of the reasons I think I haven't gotten rich. You know, because if you think uh, I'm spending about a thousand bucks a month on marijuana. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Right? Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it's keeping me sane. So I'm doing this. No, by the way, I have to tell you that I am on uh, medication for bipolar. And that's why I'm very... Uh, my life my life now has been very, like, flatline as far as moods and stuff. It's not up and down all the time. So mm-hmm. I still take my medication religiously because if I don't, marijuana or not, I go into a deep depression. And then I get very irritable, too. Well, do you think that you can just take the me- medication and not do the marijuana? No, or you no. Have to, it, it, no, I can't. I can't. Okay. I've, I'm at a point. But my question to you, Matt, is this. Look, I've been... I've, so I've been using marijuana on and off for like uh, 35 years. Am I an addict? Well, you know, basically everything now is down to a science, and we use the American Society of Addiction Medicine's dimension. They call it ASAM dimension. And like you were saying, it's it's a dimension chart that looks at finances, withdrawal, um, different dimensions of your life and how the drug affects your life, Okay, if that makes sense. It does. That's exactly what I'm asking. What yeah. can... What can what, my issue with what you're saying is, right. is we don't know how marijuana interacts with your bipolar medication. And so... Well, you can see because that's how I've been for the past 10 years. Right. And so, what, I mean, yeah. you've said that you're spending $1,000 a month. Right. You're still, not, you're still having sleep issues. No, no, I not? don't have sleep issues. Oh, okay. At all. At all. It, but, I mean, it keeps me awake uh, late at night because that's what I want to do. And, and, and I, just, I, I just keep smoking. But the point is, anytime I'm ready to go to sleep, I can sleep in two minutes. Right. But your body's used to it. Right. And so that's the question. Same thing like we were talking oh, about. Oh, I with see. Yours. So if I stop, yeah, that's right. And it so was the, harder yeah, for yeah, me yeah, to Right. Breakfast. And of course it's going right. to be hard. You yes, know, yes, You know, yes. if I don't eat breakfast every day and I don't eat breakfast tomorrow, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to be hungry and a little nasty on the show. You're right. right. You're right. So my body is, is very hab- habituated yeah. to this, right? Yeah. At this point. Yeah. My mind is. And so now, you know, now when you go on a trip, let's say, to China or, you know, right. an Eastern country that doesn't allow marijuana, you've got to already start worrying and thinking. That's and, true. So I now have talking about that. premeditated. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, we and, get a, and it's not only 
premeditated and not only in another country but here too i always have to make sure i have some right so now now our, you're, you're, there's a lot of mental space right. being given to that's true because uh, i'm always paranoid about like when i go somewhere i'm like oh you know i have to have my prescription refill just in case i can't go to sleep it's like right. a big thing it's like yeah now imagine yeah, you think about if it. you're an opiate addict Become reliant and you can run i know out. i was just thinking about that i'm like oh gosh wow. and I go guess. through withdrawals i mean it's yeah it's pretty yeah. nasty stuff and wow. and and make sure you can get more yeah you know because at any point i think that the the door can close on you and and that's why they have a doctor that you get and that's why you know heroin is so much cheaper now Uh, i mean it's easier to get easier to get you know craigslist you know holy Um, shit i didn't know in craigslist that's insane that's so bad and so that's it's pretty (laughs) well i mean like (laughs) there's bigger problems there right right so so matt uh i probably should uh should probably work with a therapist i think right i would i would meet with an addiction doctor and be completely honest i mean you're, you're legally allowed to obtain marijuana right um you you sit down with the addiction doctor and and look at your the bipolar medication and make a a, a good sound medical decision that yeah that's good for you and that works with your lifestyle and right because i have i, I gotta tell you my blood pressure has started to go up never in my life had i had to worry about blood pressure no matter what i did and mm-hmm. i'm 56 you know many people and they say that but they say that about 60% of people have high blood pressure in this country and they don't know it, hmm. you know. So when I finally started, I had to go to the dentist. Uh, so they did some kind of surgery, like an implant in my mouth. So they had to take blood high, uh, blood pressure and it was high. And I'm like, shit, you know, this has started to happen recently. I don't know if it's the pot or not, but I know that when I went there, I had taken some, I would eaten an edible before that. So I could, well, could be, be putting myself at risk. I know it raises my uh, energy my mood my everything and I know my adrenaline and all that stuff so I know that my heart is probably beating faster too I think going to a dentist would raise my blood pressure <laughs> yeah right I mean just your nerves so like, and this is like a surgery so on your mouth I mean they make oh, you sign, sign a million forms and the sound of the other yeah th- that enough good. is just scary it's you know terrifying yeah Okay, uh, but well, it is. <laughs> what's your? I'm curious as to because so many people have opinions about this about people who do have mental illnesses and things like that and have to take medication or need it or or whatnot. And some people claim that it's complete bullshit. So, and what, what's your opinion about that? Yeah, I think it's mixed, and um, I think a lot of people are over medicated. Um, I think a lot of people are under medicated. Um, right. You know, I I did some studies on ADHD. Um, oh. About ten, fifteen years ago, and there is a there's a there is a small percentage um, of kids, you know, and you can look at they're looking at diet and other stuff now. That really there's there's some really great studies out there, um, but I think the immediate response in the you know early '90s, late '80s was throw Ritalin, you know, at a kid who can't sit still in his class. Yeah. Um, and so in that area, I think we started to overprescribe. And now I think we're pulling back on that stuff with, you know, a lot of good education. Um, but then again, there's a lot of people, you know, basically, um, this goes back to, to, to Reagan in the 80s when he released, closed all those mental hospitals. Um, and you you flooded the streets with homeless people with mental problems. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, they're probably self-medicating on, and, and half those people out there that are homeless probably aren't even self-medicating right. with Right. They have true mental illness. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's mixed. 
Um, I think that I would be, as a parent, um, I would be cautious to quickly medicate my child without trying other venues, um, via therapy, diet, yada, 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 exercise, whatever. Um, But to some people, you have to use medication. You do. I mean, like with me, I can tell you, if I stop taking my medication, I'm back to where I was. Yeah. So what I'm saying to you is, you might say, well, maybe your medication is not working for you if you still have to use marijuana, Mm -hmm. right? But the the thing is, is that they take take care of different parts of my life. Mm-hmm. The medication makes me functional. In in other words, it makes me be like not depressed. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to get up in the morning. Okay, but but the pot makes me uh, calm. It just makes me like not be so. Uh, strung out all the time. I come from a place in the world, like in Israel, we're very like uh, constantly r- rushing and, you know, like in New York more, you know. And uh, so I, I'm always like that. I'm always impatient and, 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 and I get angry sometimes and stuff like that. But now I don't get angry. And when, and so if like, let's say I go half a day without and then, and I, I deal with the, the computer or something and something's not working out, suddenly I go back to that really getting angry yeah. Th- thankfully I'm the only one that, like I think like but people, not the way I get oh, okay. angry I, I know, not yeah. the way I get, I get angry you. I mean I want to break something oh, okay. and that takes me back to the way I am without medication mm-hmm. right. and you know what I figured you know what uh, I'll, I'll just keep stay with the cannabis and, and stay calm now let me ask you this we only have a couple minutes left uh, so I think we've established I have an addiction, right? Uh, but uh, it, uh, no, no. I mean, sh- for shit. I mean, somebody's using something for thirty years for crying out loud. That's amazing. No, but <laughs> no. I mean, look, I, I have no problem. I was just thinking about this as we were talking that I'm revealing everything about me. But I have uh, since I started this show. You know, mm-hmm. I I don't hide anything. Hide well, I do hide some things, but. But some things I think would help other people know, you know, and that's what I'm saying. I think uh, it's very relevant. But my question to you is, so I presented it to you, uh, other than me spending too much money, uh, and not just on that, but also, like I said, I see something on Amazon, it's like, yeah, let me get it, you know, uh, when when I shouldn't. Uh, My question to you is, what's the downside for me if I continue using it? Well, I guess, you know, if... We're looking at physical health. I don't know. Um, well, I smoke cigarettes too, so the hell with that, okay? <laughs> That's out the window. And besides, like I said, if I go, I've gone really to 80% uh, edibles in my life, so I'm not really consuming the smoke. Go on. I mean, I guess I'd like the, the, the freedom of, again, you know, it enters your thoughts. It enters, it's financial to you. Um, it, it affects, I, and I don't know if it affects your relationships or not. I guess you're saying that it, it does serve as a calming agent when you're stressed out. Right. Um, but really all you're doing is you're, it's activating your parasympathetic nervous system, which is calming you down, basically. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so if you could find natural ways, like we call it diamorphic breathing, so that kind of deep breathing for five minutes, um, in being able to get to the same place, you yeah. could replace it, and then you're saving yourself a thousand dollars a month. That's um, true. You could drive yeah. a much nicer car, Sam. Yeah. What if you, you have? Except that it wouldn't be for the car. Believe me, I, <laughs> I drive mean... a nice enough car. But <laughs> I would not be spending it on cars. You know, I'd be spending it on retirement for crying out loud. Go on. But if you, if you like, let's say, have panic attacks occasionally, mm-hmm. and you want to take like something to calm down, mm-hmm. do you think that's like an addiction? Well, again, some I, people really have like true bad panic anxiety. attacks. Yeah. yeah again, like, you know, scary. I'd want to exhaust my resources before I go there. Right. That's my point. Um, and, you know, you, there's something to be said about some of this kind of, you know, 
you know, breathing techniques I'm talking about. That's actually um, true. And there's there's something to be said in some of these new studies we're doing on meditation and stuff like in spirituality. Um, so I'm not saying that people don't need medication. The bipolar medication is unbelievable and it's evolving yes, yes. and it's saving lives. My personal family is affected by it and it's saving yeah. lives. It is. And it's making Every people day. functional. It's amazing. And so I'm not anti-medication. I just, you know, my thing is if, if we can go this route first, right. you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. If, and look, I hate to cut you off, but you need to do a show now so we better cut Seriously. this one short if you guys want to hear more of matt uh tune in or just stay tuned in now because he's come, <laughs> gonna come back in 10 minutes and we need to show him how to do the show man so we better get out of here because alan can't make it today uh man thank you so much uh please promote uh the name of the company again the organization hazel and betty ford hazel and betty ford and that's the website you go to hazel matt thank you so much for joining us thanks and welcome you're Amazing, and you Thank know what? You. I just realized during the show, I, I want to do my two-hour format again, simply because there's just so much to say. There is a lot, and to you say. run a lot of uh, run out of things, and also that also means, uh, Cherie, that I'm enjoying being here. Yay, so thank good. you for joining me and for I can the tell ride you again. More stuff. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, folks, stay tuned for answers for the family. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to Sam in the Morning, only on LA Talk Radio.